This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is sponsored by Read It Forward. Read It Forward is a book geek's best friend. Since 2008, Read It Forward has been surprising readers with weekly giveaways, behind-the-scenes sneak peeks at new titles and new voices, and literary lifestyle chats. Discover your next great read at readitforward.com. Read it first and pass it on. This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode 88, and we're recording on Thursday, January 8th. I'm Jeff O'Neill. I'm here with Rebecca Shinsky. We're coming to you from bookriot.com, and we're trying to say thought. We are. We're coming to you from the igloo. If you're listening to this in North America, at least, um, or Canada and the United States, the chances are you are as cold as we are, because I saw a map, and it looks super bad for most <laughs> of us. And if you're like Mich- Michigan or Wisconsin mm-hmm. or something, good. I, I mean, cut, cut open a tauntaun and crawl right in. I mean, that's just, it's, it's nasty out there. Or put on your snuggly Book Riot hoodie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which you can order at store.bookriot.com. <laughs> um, so we've got, we, we're back. We've been away from sort of the, the daily drumbeat of the news for mm-hmm. a few weeks. And we're getting back to it. And there's stuff to talk about. It's um, been an interesting week. Yeah, it has been. I mean, we're kind of through the best of 2014, 2015 prediction type shows, not just on our site, but mm-hmm. sort of on the web and on news sites in general. So we're kind of getting ready for just what the normal uh, cadence of 2015 is going to look like. We had a good week of new books. We'll get to that here at the end. Oh, but such a good week. We're in, we're in, the, we're in the book... Um, you know, we're in the book, the, the meat of the book world thing. I, I know what I was going to mention that I didn't mention last time. And it's, I got to toot my little horn here. So oh, yeah, we've yeah. talked about Reading Lives, the other podcast that I host, and Rebecca's been on. You've heard her if you've subscribed to the show. It was in this feed a while ago. But my other show, Reading Lives, that I do for Book Riot, where I, in, I interview interesting people about their lives and books, it got a nice little mention from Entertainment Weekly as one of the 20 podcasts to watch in 2015. Um, and it was there with some pretty big shows, like 99% Invisible and Fareed Zakaria's show for CNN. And like it was a huge surprise, and I am really grateful for that. And um, thank you. I know a lot of the people who listen to this show have been listening and spreading the word. And I have no idea how it got to Entertainment Weekly, um, but I'm assuming that someone tweeted about it or something they saw it on Book Riot or passed it to someone who listens and writes for Entertainment Weekly. But that was a huge deal. And I, whatever my mystery benefactor was for that show, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, So awesome. If you haven't had a chance to check out the show, maybe that's enough uh, of an incentive that the big bad EW said, you know, maybe pay attention. Well, so Yeah, and the current... Episode. So last week was Amanda interviewed. Yes. So mm-hmm. you can hear our uh, our comrade Amanda and all about her reading life. This week's episode was Megan Mayhew Bergman, whose new book Almost Famous Women is in our feature at the end That's of the right. show. And next week is Daniel Jose Older, who also had a great new book out this and week. And we right? had a so, really really good conversation too. And with if you're listening to this show, that one will be out because they come out yeah. at the same time. Fascinating, over the interesting people talking about their book lives. Yeah, I'm I mean, come looking, on. I'm always looking for good ideas for guests too. Um, I've got a big list, but again, that's only my network extended. So if you've got an off the beaten path or on the beaten path that you just want to pass on, um, send it along to me. You can email me here at podcast at or there's a dedicated email over there. 
reading lives at bookriot.com. Okay, my horn is sufficiently tooted. Um, <laughs> let's talk about our sponsor this week. Uh, read, it. read it forward. This is a cool, I mean, if you do listen to this show, I think there's a good chance you're going to like this site. Right? Isn't uh, that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Um, Read It For is run by the folks at Random House, and it started, I think it started as a newsletter. Like, they've been running Read It Forward for about as long as I've been blogging. Yeah. Um, we both started in 2008, and so it's been cool to see it evolve, but it's it's right in the, you know, sort of up the alley in the wheelhouse of people who care about books enough to be reading about them on the internet. Right. Yes. So they do they do a couple of things. So since they're Random House, they've got access to a lot of authors. So you can mm-hmm. sneak peeks behind the scenes kind of making of stuff. They've got a lot of good giveaways, stuff that's not out yet. One that's on there right now is Ishiguro's new book, The Berry Giant, which we've talked about as something we were looking forward to this year. Um, that's actually the top story right now. You can go enter there. Uh, you know, Eric, we've talked about Eric Larson's new book that's coming yep. out about the Lusitania. They've got an author essay from Eric Larson you know, talking about what he's doing there and, and polls and all kinds of interesting stuff. So it's an easy, you know, as things are today, it's an easy sign up. You follow on Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. sign up with um, an email, and you can get a look and see what they're doing as well. Yeah, you get access to cool book giveaways. Uh, Read It Forward was one of the first places that I remember, like, winning a book and getting... Oh, is that right? And getting a book to review on my blog. Like, they were forward-thinking about book bloggers mm. and interacting with people who were writing about books on the internet in 2008, which it's taken a lot of publishers like up until the present <laughs> to, and maybe to the get future, on board. Maybe. Right. And uh, yeah, right. We're not at a hundred percent adoption and success there yet of um, acknowledging what the internet is doing for literary community, but reading forward or read it forward has been doing that for quite a while. And there's great stuff about your reading life, um, books in translation, best book covers of 2014. Like, I think, you know, if you like what you see on Book Riot, you're going to like mm-hmm. some of the content that you find at Read It Forward. And then they also have bonus book content that ties into, you know, sort of extras that they make available online that tie into new releases from uh, primarily from Random House authors. And there's one, you know, Survival of the Geekiest. It's a reader's guide for The Martian by Andy Weir, mm. which, you know, we loved. Um, some book club in a box ideas, uh, you know, stuff you can incorporate into your book club discussion. There's a little something for everybody here. I think it's a really good resource. Yeah. So when you're um, trying to stay warm this weekend with your iPad on your couch or something, check out readitforward.com, see if it's for you and subscribe and follow yeah. them the best you can. All and right. Thanks so much. For Thank sponsoring. you so much for sponsoring the show. Um, you know, there's a good chance the biggest book story of 2015 was the first book story of 2015. I mean, I'm not saying for sure, but this was like January 3rd or something. Mm-hmm. And Mark Zuckerberg um, this runs this little company you've heard of called Facebook. It's really catching on in college students. Um, <laughs> is starting a book club. And I guess every – I didn't know he did this until I was starting to follow the story. But I guess for the last few years, he had sort of crowdsourced a New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. And this year – I don't know if he actually takes the vote and that's final or he gets, just takes ideas, but whatever the case may be, at the end of his decision-making process, his um, resolution for 2015 was to read more. And the structure that's taken for him is to read one book every couple of weeks. And on top of that, to make a book club out of it that's going to live on Facebook called a year, a year of Books. So if, you go to, if you're on Facebook and you want to check it out, you can go to just search for Year of Books. Um, it is 225,000 likes, likes in, in a by week, now. which yeah, we've been doing our site for 10,000 years. No, that's, it just feels that way <laughs> for, you know, three and a half years now. And we have about 300,000 and we've done well, 
but two twenty five in a in a week, he's got like thirty million Facebook friends or followers mm-hmm. or however. I sometimes get lost in the different yeah. This uh, is, words. Yeah, it was a post on his his personal Facebook, yes. which is available publicly, but on his personal profile, announcing this project, and then that linked to the Year of Books mm-hmm. page, which he's running as like a separate thing with its. 225,000. Who knows? The, it's 225,000 this morning, but by the time the show drops, yeah, it'll be I, it's 240. I don't know. Even yeah. higher than that. I have questions. Like, are they, go- is Facebook going to game it so that Zuck's page gets a better um, impression and you know, yeah, that's inside baseball stuff for Facebook us, page. right? Yeah, yeah. I would assume so. <laughs> yeah. right? I assume he's got a hundred percent reach for his fans. Yeah, I just refreshed it in like fifteen new yeah. likes in the last thirty seconds. It's so totally it's still bananas, the thing. and it's clear like it's still in the news cycle. So yeah. all of the book-related media are writing about this. Bob tells me that it's bubbling into normal people internet, oh, really? not just book people internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like, I haven't read anything detailed about it, but I've seen the headlines, and it's like, okay, all right. So people who aren't us are going to see this and think it's interesting and care about it. Um, the first book is called The End of Power. It's not one I'd heard of, interestingly. I Had you heard about this? I know. Okay. Um, by Moises Naim. I think I yeah. am. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. A for effort. A for um, effort. It's a book about how the power in the world is shifting sort of out of boardrooms and into the public sphere away from a small away from a small group of individual people and large governments you know and other organizations like corporations and towards uh people normal people Mm -hmm. having power to change the world this sounds i mean this is like right in zuckerberg social media power of the internet uh wheelhouse this it seems like an interesting pick Mm-hmm. It does seem like an interesting pick. And we know w- one of the fascinating things about it, and there are about 10,000 interesting pieces of this for yeah, us yeah, to talk really about. Are. And I, we probably can't get to all of them today. But he hasn't said anything about what the future picks are. The book, our books will emphasize learning about new cultures, beliefs, histories, and technologies. That's mm-hmm. that's a bet out. Suggestions for new books to read are always welcome. Uh, they're going to moderate discussions and group memberships to keep us on topic. And that's all that's been <laughs> said, yeah, well, really. Uh, the publisher of this one, Basic Books, which is part of the Perseus book group, said mm. they didn't get any advance right. notice of this. So um, when the book came out in 2013, it had sold about 20,000 copies across all formats. Um, about a quarter of those were ebooks, And mm. it sold more than that number of ebooks just since the announcement. Yeah, um, Amazon as, sold out of print copies, I saw. Yeah, it went up to number number 19 on Amazon's bestseller list earlier this week and booksellers had placed orders for more than 10,000 copies of it. So this thing is foreign driving right. book People sales. are coming after it for foreign rights they oh, didn't have before. You uh-huh. know that like every agent and publicist and author out there is trying to figure out how they can get their galley like yeah. into his hands and, uh, and good he's luck not just, with that. I don't, right, yeah, good luck with I that. don't know and that that's good. And he's happen. not just doing new books. Clearly, like this is a, a yeah. 2013. I want to know how. I, yeah, there, there's you know all of the parts of my book interested person brain are uh, pointed at this in different directions. Mm-hmm. Part of it is just curiosity, like how it does. You know, talk about a good reading lives uh, guest. Anyway. Um, yeah, like, how, wonder, did he, how did this come into his hands? How do books get into his hands? It's very, very interesting to think about it that way. Um, yeah. Someone of that, I mean, look, Facebook has what, 1.6 billion users, mm-hmm. which is a number that is beyond comprehension. And his time, 
you know, all we're all busy, but in terms of the value cost of his time, it's just literally unfathomable. And, and I use that term. So, you know, I just don't know that he's going to be taking pitches from uh, you know, I Crown imagine Public. You know, he, it's just I like, imagine he gets books, like, since he doesn't work in publishing, I would imagine people do try to send him stuff, yeah. but that he probably picks his books the way that most people who don't work in publishing pick their books, which is they talk to their friends and coworkers mm-hmm. and they pay attention to what bubbles up well in his media ceo is cheryl sandberg and she's right. a she's, she's a serious reader she's based well on read. lean in yeah um and yeah, i'm nathan, sure there are thousands of other people and nathan maharaj who um is one of the great folks at kobo was speculating on twitter this week about how interesting it would be if mark zuckerberg used the just ridiculous amounts of data that are available to him from Facebook Mm. about what people read and what they're interested in reading to make selections based on that. And, and I'm not sure he was making an argument about what Zuckerberg should pick so much as well, if he wanted to pick books that he thinks people are interested in reading, he certainly has the data available to him. But the direction of this seems to be more like, I think it's similar to the to the Oprah methodology. Mm. And because Mark Zuckerberg and Oprah are very different people. Of course, the selections are going to be very different, but it's not so much here are selections I think people want to read. It's this book to me looks like here is a book that I want people to read and that I I think slash hope you should be interested in. Or maybe I'm just interested in, I'm just going to open it up and do, I mean, I I don't know, like had, had he read the book before picking it? It doesn't say anything about that. Yeah, that's interesting. So uh, we don't know. I mean, I think over time this will become clear. It is one of those situations by making it a public, you know, it's one thing if it's to, to do a reading challenge or resolution for yourself and, you know, whatever, do what you want. It does feel like it takes on a bit of a, I don't know, public trust element when you mm-hmm. open it up to have a presence like this and promote it. As the most powerful person on the internet, I don't think that's an exaggeration, um, and making it its own thing that, you know, I wonder if how that will affect, you know, what he's going to do. Will there be fiction? I would guess it's going to be largely nonfiction, but that's purely speculation on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think that it's not going to be open for, like, sponsorship or you can buy your way in. Like, I don't know what publisher could have an unmeaningful amount of money they could throw at Zuckerberg. <laughs> to get him to get him to like pick their book over one thing or another and i, I they my have to give up of, their new york times banner ads i read a lot i wrote i think in college i wrote a, a research thing about the oprah book club it was still going on when i was in college because i was interested in it even then the the publishing side even as i was more of an academic but those picks weren't you couldn't buy your way into oprah's book club there mm-hmm. um and my memory was at the height of the oprah book club she could move a million copies. Oh, yeah. Like, that. that's kind of what it was. Now, again, this was the mid-90s. It was about the heyday. And there was uh, – Amazon maybe had just started. Mm-hmm. So it really was independent bookstores, Barnes & Nobles, and that sticker on the table. Like, a lot of things would coalesce to make Oprah's Book Club – picks well, surge at one of his her format but also that that sticker and it would get put in the most you know a lot anyway so yeah, it'd be interesting to see here there's a new york times piece about the book sales that have resulted mm. from zuckerberg's club so far and they taught they refer to this oprah club as well because she restarted it online i think yeah. last year as oprah's book club 2.0 right and this piece says that that moves millions of copies but it doesn't specify how many millions the most, the most or, recent one does 
Uh, yeah, it says, oh, um, wow. yeah, Oprah's book club, which she restarted online as Oprah's book club 2.0 moves millions of copies. Um, but it also says she only chooses a few titles each year. Oh, right. um, and since Zuck is going to pick one every two weeks, yeah, the, the, the author of this article, um, Alexandra Alter speculates that that number of selections might dilute the impact of each one. Like it'll be interesting right. to see, um, if the interest, you know, and what what happens to the second selection, the fifth selection, yeah, like the nineteenth selection, in selection like August, right? Right. Yeah. Like how much of the interest mm-hmm. in this book is because of this book, and how much of the interest in it is that it's the first selection in Mark Zuckerberg's book club, and how long will that interest be sustained? And my guess would be that by the middle of the year the sales are going to spike or not spike based more on what the book is. Yeah, than, some of them will catch on more than others. Yeah. But um, also, it's only going to be a year. I mean, I guess he could extend it indefinitely, but mm-hmm. my sense of this is this is a one-shot deal. Yeah, I'm so interested in how he's going to participate in the conversation. Yeah online and a part of me which i mean i'm sure that mark zuckerberg knows what life on facebook is like i mean i hope that he does (laughs) but Mm. the community manager part of me went and looked at the facebook page for a year Mm -hmm. in books this morning and had a very gleeful moment of like oh good (laughs) people people are being people on facebook to him the way that some people are people on Facebook to us and to everyone else on the internet. Like We're like 700 comments and, and it's very like, hard to get through. There's uh, like people telling him he's stupid to do this. And because he has so much power, he should have picked a different resolution that would yeah. actually make a difference. There are people pitching him their mom's aunt's neighbor's best friend's self-published memoir. There are people talking about how two books a month is too much for them to read or too much for them to buy or like whatever else. It's right. Like, Cause oh, you have to do it. You have to read everyone. That's I didn't, <laughs> know if you read the end of and, your license agreement when you joined Facebook, but we all have to read these or we're, right. we, they kill us. That's, right. the, that's the problem. It was that, like, I had a little moment of like, oh, goody, at least he will now know what this is like. It is um, an interesting microcosm of the strengths and weaknesses of Facebook on a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, reach is remarkable. Um, the diversity is remarkable. And those that reach and that diversity also <laughs> results yes. in... Sometimes they're a nightmare. Uh, it can be a nightmare. And I don't know. The whole thing is just terribly, terribly interesting. I don't see a downside to to me. I mean, I've seen some people because they have to write things online, like try to pick it apart to some degree, and I I, I just can't get there. I just can't find a place in my heart to be angry about or even concerned about the most powerful person on the internet telling people to read more books. Yeah. Like, I just don't have a problem with I it. I mean, at if, all. He, if he starts picking books by a bunch of racists or, you know, I don't, well, you know you, it's hard to I mean, say. But. Not even that. Like, I do, I, I'm curious if you have any hopes or ideas for what he could pick. I'm going to be watching the selections yeah, and oh, looking yeah. for. We might even talk about it every time there's a new pick for the year. Maybe we should do that. Yeah. You know, just sort of um, keep an eye on it. It's only every and I'm sure couple I'll of end months. Up I'll probably end up reading some of them. This book sounds interesting. It does I pro- certainly sounds interesting to me. I don't think I'm going to read it in yeah. time for the discussion that's happening about it Well, do you want to follow that discussion? I mean, this apparently, our first book will be The End of Power. Here's the complete mm-hmm. post about it. Yeah. The End of Power by Moses' Name. Feel free to discuss in the comments here, but please keep all conversation relevant to this book. That was on January 2nd. As of today, it's January 8th, meaning there's what? 10 more days in the cycle for this book. Is this mm-hmm. it? I mean, is that, it's just sort of a, here's the book, it, go crazy. And here's the giant Facebook thread for it. Here's the 753 comment 
completely disorganized and well, making so, my like, eyeballs bleed thread about it? This is a place where I think it points out a weakness of Facebook, yes, where absolutely. it's virtually impossible to have threaded, topic-focused conversations. Um, and we do pretty specific topic-focused stuff on Book Riot, mm -hmm. and people still can take those and branch it out in a jillion different directions in the comments, and it would be so great uh, for a book like this. For any book club, I think you need sort of a general thread and a thread that's like, what questions did you have? And or then like a another, Goodreads group. Right. Like Goodreads do. would be super useful yeah. for this, but Mark Zuckerberg's not going to run anything on a social network that's not Facebook. No, even so as ill-suited as Facebook right, is for this. Right. So he gets the benefit of Facebook's huge usership and audience, but also he'll be limited by Facebook's mm -hmm limitations and functionality that you can't have those channelized conversations of like, let's go over here to talk about this one idea in this chapter. And let's go over to this thread. If you want to talk about this other thing and what were your favorite quotes, mm -hmm. like just to throw it all like as a, as a moderator of a thing and as a participant in a book club. Yeah. Is he think, throwing any staff at this? I think like one open thread is just got to be a nightmare. Well, he says it's going to be moderated. But I can't what, imagine that, that he's he, Zuck, like, Zuck is not going to be in there deleting people no. saying, spammy stuff. I, I don't get it. No, yeah, whatever. I, would, I assume someone at Facebook, it's their job to read all these. I'm sure. Well, they've got, what, what 22,000 employees and like a thousand million interns. I'm sure they could figure something out. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not criticizing it. I don't want to say it's just there's pro there's difficulties um, in doing anything like this on any platform. Yeah, yeah. And the ones about Facebook are particularly interesting. And also we know them well. Since right. we've spent a lot of time, we, you know, uh, Facebook's a big part of what yeah, we do at I think I'm gonna, as well. I'll, my goal for the year, I've just decided, will be to at least read one of the selections and try to participate in the Facebook oh, thing that's around a, it. Oh, that's good. I'll, maybe I'll try to do the same. Yeah, Let's it, watch and maybe we'll pick one together. Yeah, and just and to get the one. full experience yeah. of trying to be a person in that thread, having a conversation and, and see what it's like. But I hope there will be a, a diversity of selections in, in terms of content mm -hmm. and genre and author. And you know, this is an interesting place to start, like we were saying, because it's about you know, a shift in power out of boardrooms, which is pretty much where Zuckerberg lives, even mm -hmm. if he thinks of himself as an individual who's using the power of the internet to make a difference. Right. He's now a guy in a boardroom. He went out of the public square and, and up there. Um, but I hope it's not for my own interest and for the possible impact he could make. I hope it's not 24 books that are all about yeah. sort of business adjacent stuff. It is interesting that interest seems to be there to do it. Like people are liking it and participate. Like there's a desire for something like this. Well, um, and that the book sold. It wasn't just yeah, people liking the right. Facebook page to follow it. There seems to be actual measurable action being taken. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it is super interesting. And, and you participated in a post we ran on the site today mm -hmm. um, that were suggestions for yes. Zuckerberg to pick, and I haven't read the the piece yet. Do you want to tell, do you want to say you you wrote some you picked I one, did. right? What was your pick? My pick was Daring Greatly by ah. Brene Brown, which I was looking at this first selection, The End of Power, and thinking about how it's businessy and connected to the ways that the world is changing. And Daring Greatly is the same thing, but from a different side. Brown is a sociologist, and she has spent her career several decades studying vulnerability mm. and. Um, the benefits and challenges of like showing up, letting yourself be seen in a very human, real way, as in like, I, this is me and these are the mistakes that I make, like, you know, acknowledging it when you screw up, either whether it's at work or at home with your partner or with your kids or with a friend, um, 
showing the ways in which you're imperfect and how that kind of realness and taking that risk in if you're in environments that are welcoming to it or if you can construct an environment that is supportive of it is really beneficial for the ways that we work and for the kinds of relationships that we have and for the ways that we structure our families. And that to me seems like a, I thought it was a really terrific book and it affected the way that I thought about how I am in all kinds of environments. Um, so rather than talking about how businesses work, Zuckerberg could take the opportunity to have a book about how individuals behave. And that's applicable whether you work in a blue collar job mm-hmm. or whether you work in the highest, most fancy boardroom in the country, whether you're married or single, you have friends, everyone has some context in their life in which a book like that um, could make a difference. And I'd like to see him take on some of those topics, I guess, as a side to this, because there are a jillion questions about the Zuckerberg book club, I wonder how interesting slash controversial these picks could really be. Mm. Like, if you're Mark Zuckerberg, do you feel pressured to shoot up the middle and not take any big risks? Like, on a fiction side, I thought Americana would be a really interesting mm-hmm. choice for him. But that's a book, or like Baratunde Thurston's How to Be Black, mm-hmm. which is nonfiction. Big issues, important discussions, but will he shy away from that and try to go, you know, kind of straight up the middle? Do you think there's even room to to ask big questions? Well, it depends what his, I mean, it depends what his taste for turmoil True. is. Um, he doesn't seem to me <laughs> to be a guy that minds too much pissing people off. Um, though he doesn't go out his way to do it either. Uh, mm-hmm. He's an interesting person in a, a lot of respects, and not to say that I know him, but um, I, I do follow Facebook's comings and goings pretty closely just because it impacts what we do on the site quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, my sense at this point is that he's he's picking books he wants to read. Again, yeah. this is total Kremlinology, which is what I do with Facebook. Facebook Kremlinology is one of my, <laughs> my side projects. I... I, I was going to write for the post and I just ran out of time, but I had two ideas. One, Ooh, okay. one was, so I, I struggle with this because like, one, well, what if I pick a social issue that I think people should know about? It's like, well, it's, it's almost bigger than any particular social issue, right? Like you almost mm-hmm. want the sort of meta. So I was thinking maybe Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, just because it, it's a, he's a Nobel Prize winner in economics, but this is a, a lifetime project. He and, and, and several people he's worked with over time in psychology talking about the two systems that we use to make decisions and think logically, the fast, intuitive, and emotional system, system one, and system two, which is the more deliberate, more logical system, and how we make logical errors and logical mistakes and what kinds of things affect our thinkings and how how we can sort of buttress ourselves against not all mistakes, but certain kinds of mistakes. And I just thought online discourse is one of those places where – I would like to see people think about their own thinking more often, yeah. do a little metacognition. And that was one I thought, you know, I think um, a lot of people would find really interesting and, and you know, sort of for like helpful. the Cliff Notes version of that book is You Are Not So Smart by David McCraney, right, which is yes. like each chapter, Kahneman's is this, it's such a fantastic book. And you talked about it enough last year that I finally was like, I'm mm. going to read this thing, even though it's enormous. <laughs> but yeah, it was like a 20 hour audio book or yeah, something like that. You Are Not So Smart each chapter is about a different one of those cognitive biases that we have and like in a, in a sort of more digestible way. Yeah, more way. of a Freakonomics kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect way to put it um, with anecdata and examples from people's lives. And 
either of those or maybe putting them together, that would be super interesting for Facebook. But, but I had one fiction pick. I had trouble with this thinking of a fiction book, but I eventually landed on um, Super Sad True Love Story mm. uh, by Gary Stangart, which part of it is about the, sort of a, a, fut- a, a dystopian future world that has social networking and digital connectivity at the heart of what ails us. Um, and as a sort of a cautionary thinking sort of thing, or I was thinking William Gibson's like Neuromancer, the new one, uh, or um, um, like the Word Exchange, yeah, that came something out last like year. that. So that might be an interesting pick, especially since thinking about future technology in a nonfiction way feels to me like a fool's errand. Like you just don't know. Yeah. So the way, if you want to think about that, is probably to do sci-fi or some sort of fiction that takes, you know, Jennifer Egan's visit from the Goon Squad would be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. A leaf the unseen. Yeah, that would be interesting as well. Or Ready Player One by Ernie Klein. You know, you could go a couple different ways there. But uh, all right. So anything else about the the, the book? I mean, I, I think we will be coming back to it. Probably every time he picks a new book, it's going to be a big deal in our little world of following book news. I would imagine. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I don't have anything else. I'm excited to see how this goes. And I'm really happy that we're already seeing numbers about book yeah. sales from it, that a person who's in a position of great power is talking about the importance of books in his own life and encouraging other people to read. I am so down with that. The last thing it got me thinking was more of another hypothetical. It's like, who could start a book club that would have more impact in terms of readership and book sales? I was yeah. struggling to come up with something. I mean, the only thing that we've had even resembling the Oprah, Oprah bump um, is the Colbert and John Stewart yeah. thing. But right. this is, I think, decidedly bigger. I think I it will know. be too, especially on an ongoing basis because Maybe the Colbert like, um, was a one you know, one or two off. Like if Neil deGrasse Tyson had a book club, yeah. it wouldn't be this big, mm-hmm. but he has enough exposure and a I following. Mean, or like right. George Takei, he yeah. has a huge internet huge following. Follow. Well, I get if you if you go for huge internet following, you go with like Taylor Swift, who is a book fan apparently. I mean, oh, I so want to subscribe to a Taylor <laughs> Swift book club. I, that, I didn't know that that's a thing. That, that, could, I that you, know, you never but even knew. That's what you I just got wanted. so excited when you said that. Because <laughs> she's got like forty-seven million Twitter followers or something like that. Not, and she's I, very articulate yeah, in she's the way that she talks engaged, about what yeah, she does. Yeah. Oh, um, uh, yes, a Taylor Swift book club, please. But so some part of it is following, and second is the nature of that following, and the third is the platform, right? Right. I mean, Zuckerberg has, I mean, he you has know, the platform and the control over yeah, it. Yeah. You know, so I that part's going to be very difficult. going to have to call our friends at Tumblr who run the reblog book club because there's so much Taylor Swift love on Tumblr, and mm. there's so many great book people on Tumblr, and... I think Taylor Swift should have a Tumblr book club. There you go. Yeah, get get to her. I mean, she's spoken for Scholastic and anything, anywhere. Like, I, I, other Ooh, than, or like uh, Emma Watson. Yeah, get Hermione on board. That's very mm-hmm. interesting as well. I mean, I could. let's say when Obama leaves office, maybe. You know, I was trying, you know, oh. that's, that's kind of the level we're talking about with Zuckerberg. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of the strata we're running in. I, like if I was the Obama a trouble- presidential library ran a book club yeah. site? Again, it's it, it's partisan. So I don't know. In a weird way, Zuckerberg or someone like Taylor Swift, you know, are a bunch of Republicans going to sign up for the Obama book club? I would guess not. And vice versa, if it was a Republican, you know, George Bush <laughs> but started I think a book club. that the alternate exists there. Like George W. Bush's reading lists were published every year while he was in office, while he and um, 
Carl Rove had a contest about who could read more each year. No, no, I, I, no, I know that's there, but I'm just saying, yeah. are you alienating sort of the red oh. versus the blue, whereas someone like Zuckerberg or Taylor Swift uh, doesn't well, really I guess no have... More than, it's not any more alienating than like Bill O'Reilly's book suggestions are to liberals yeah. like me. Right, right. Or I guess did a bunch of Republicans go out and buy California? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe they did. It's interesting to think about. But I think we're, with Zuckerberg, we're talking about a short list of seven or eight people in the world right. that could start a book club that would be as um, impactful and interesting. Right. Like, uh, what, I don't be, know. I'd be interested in what would happen if Goodreads started making well, that like, is interesting. one editorial selection one, just a month. One. Yeah. Like this is That's the Goodreads really book of the month, but they have what, like 25 million signed up users, but about 5 million users. I think it's, it's like more like users, 7 or so, 8 or 10 million monthly active users. Yeah, that's only... It's, so it's only a percentage of the active users of yeah. Facebook, but the average Goodreads user is a right. much more engaged reader than the average Facebook user is. You, so probably a higher percentage of those would buy the to, book. If they wanted to, they could push it into every single person's feed. You know, like it just well, appears. And it could appear on Amazon as the yeah. Goodreads selection of the month, which could go to even people who didn't follow Goodreads. I guess if Amazon itself did a one pick a month... Mm-hmm. And they put it on sale. Oh, or yeah, that's you know. Now I really wonder about like Celeste Ng's "Everything I Never Told You." That yes. was the Amazon number one book of the year. Like that was the Amazon editorial selection as the mm-hmm. best book of the year for 2014. What did that do to her sales? I mean, I watched the bestseller list, and it definitely moved up. I think it got into the top 20, but I don't think it cracked, cracked the top 10. But the other problem with that is, I think like the New York Times bestseller list. I don't even know that it captures Amazon. Well, and Amazon's. Ranking, like it would have been interesting. I wish now that I had followed her yeah. Amazon ranking number. I bet we could from, ask her. I bet she followed day. it. Um, yeah, she probably did follow, but but, or her but publisher the did ranking for number. Sure. I'm sure her publisher did. The rankings are so weird. Like yeah. if you're if you're far down in the rankings, then selling six books in one day can bump you up a hundred thousand spots. Yes, yes, and yes, if yes. you're in the top twenty or even probably even the top hundred, you've got to sell a whole lot of yes. books in a short time period to change anywhere. In that positioning, it's a, but it's a I classic just, power I wonder law about, curve, like, you know. I just want to know how many copies did that sell? Um, that like how many people looked at that on like went to Amazon.com that day, clicked on the post about editors' picks, and then immediately clicked mm-hmm. on everything I never told you and bought it because you know Amazon knows that number. And oh I, yeah, they know. I just they really definitely do. Am, I'm interested in what that kind of feature. There is something does. about the singularity of one per- identifiable person. You know, yeah. like a corporate pick, even if it's a, you know, even if it's a corporation strongly associated with book, like could read or book right itself. If mm-hmm. we did our own, you know, book club, something like this, that's different than one person that people can identify with. What if Jeff Bezos did a book club? I don't think enough people like him and he doesn't have a platform. Like where is Bezos online? Like what is he, is he going to do right. it on Goodreads? I mean, I guess he could, but. I don't know. I think there's also a fascination with Zuckerberg as like this wonderkind and most people use, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's both brilliant and bristly in, in the sort of the public imagination. I have no idea how it's really, um, and, you know, uh, un, undeniably savant 
programmer, yeah. you know, just, right, right. there's just a lot more there that I think like, finds it interesting. Plus, Bezos has jo- a, he hasn't alienated half of BookBar. Right. Like, there's enough if, vitriol right. for Amazon that I think there's a there's I would a have loved ceiling. to watch a Steve Jobs book club. Like, yeah, if Steve would, Jobs had been active on Twitter and kept a blog yeah, and that's interesting. run bi-weekly book selections. Yeah. Well, what about, like, I don't know. What about, like, Neil Gaiman? Mm. I mean, that's one where the... Uh, uh, you know, two point something million Twitter followers, but, or Stephen King, like a real, like hardcore book person or Ra- uh, our, our friend Rowling. Mm-hmm. Now, hey, there, now right. there you go. There you go. Yep. There you go. That's the one I think mm-hmm. I would, if I could magically the JK sort of, Rowling book just like, what is she? Cause she reads, you know, we, she talks, she talks about, and she'll mention it. She's not super active on Twitter, but she's got several million on Twitter, several million on Facebook. Um, you know if she posted on Facebook about how she was going to start a book club oh. and here was the first selection, we'd be seeing articles just like the ones that we've been yeah, reading we this would. week about we Mark Zuckerberg. Would. And if, it were, if she was picking books sort of even close to the kind of book she writes, they would mm-hmm. – I mean that's the other thing. is like Zuckerberg has no sort of built-in you know, sort of genre or taste affiliation. So you don't know right. kind of what you're getting at, which I think is kind of the part of the fun. It's like yeah. I kind of the, – the first – when I saw these starting a book club, I had no idea what the first pick. I mean, literally, I was like, this could be anything. Um, so, but now that we're going to see it with nonfiction, kind of wonky, to be mm-hmm. frank. Not that that's bad. It's just what it is. But if it's, Rowling it's picked, be, I don't know. I'm just know. trying to think. The I Night would, Circus. Yeah. Yeah. You or know, Jonathan Strange a, and Mr. Norrell. Just, yeah, anything that's even close. Like, she'd sell ten, hundreds of thousands, if not more, worldwide. I'd um, like personally because now we're just in personal now, wish now list. we're just in I've fantasy decided land. i would like an amy polar book club okay and a juno diaz book club i really want to know what juno diaz thinks i should read oh you know where i'm going with this do i tomo yeah come on you know i went to one of her I, i've seen her read a couple times but at a reading probably like uh, eight years ago mm-hmm. or so um when i was oh it was longer ago than that because i was in college um someone asked her what she was reading and at that point her answer was kind of like i'm tony morrison who could i possibly oh read? really well that's interesting then then when she does pick something up what is it that makes it even but more fascinating i am certain that she reads but i don't think she's interested like she won't let it she won't let someone write a biography no no I don't I, think I, she's... we're in fantasy land oh right activate fantasy land. yeah yeah, yeah. um yes then a tony morrison book club anyway, absolutely yeah, Polar, for sure that's a good one i like that that's that's mindy really kaling yeah that's she could good. do a great – she would do great book club selections. Like a Mindy Kaling book club run at BuzzFeed. Mm. That's mm. the internetiest thing ever and I want it. Yeah, that's pretty good. All right. We got to get – we got we got more <laughs> stories to talk about. Do we? Or maybe we shut it all down now. Um, anyway, let's do a Where couple more go? stories. Where do you want to go? Yeah, let's, we've got stuff here. Uh, hold on. Let me get back to my agenda. I'm now in – um, You're so many still open over tabs. in fantasy land. Yeah, let's see. Sales, we talked about this. Um, you know, here's a quick one we can do that's just uh, our ongoing concerns. Scribd mm-hmm. raised uh, – let me back up. So Oyster and Scribd are kind of like – I don't know if people think about this, but in our imagination, it's like the Coke and Pepsi mm-hmm. of ebook subscription services. Uh, full disclosure, Oyster has done some advertising with us before. You and I have both used Oyster – personally before so I'll, and we've tried out script but we don't i don't currently use it at least and they haven't done any sponsoring with us so all those all the disclaimers in the world oyster raised i think it was 14 million dollar new money in the fall after their first round which was a couple million 
Now, Scribd just came out and said they closed another round of $22 million. So they got more and they're second. So I don't know anything to say about this, except that you know a lot of tech companies that have any kind of growth at all right now are getting a bunch of money. But that's enough money that they're not closing up tomorrow. Yeah. And and buried in this piece at TechCrunch is a number that I have been wanting to oh. see. Oh, yes, we were talking yes, yes, about yes. how user numbers, I think we yeah. talked on our end of year show about how we were following the development of ebook subscription services. We liked that. We were interested, but no one was talking about adoption rates. Mm-hmm. This piece says with over 80 million users in nearly every country. Now, 80 Scribd. million users? That cannot... Wait, is that or unique visitors? visitors? It says users. It says it's a quote well, from... Scribd? Or, from someone wait, or Scribd or their subscription? Because remember, Scribd, their, their main business is yes. like document sharing. Right. And so they're not specifying about the Yeah, until they give me the straight up service? number of subscription, I think it's all I think it's all bogus, smoke and mirrors, tech we're crushing it <laughs> I, junk. Yes, I agree. Uh, but but there is something well, you're right. Like there. one of my original complaints about Scribd was that um I already had an account with it because publishers use Scribd like if you see a banner ad that says like click here to read an excerpt, yes. awesome. They're uh, often I don't know why I'm saying totally tongue tied. Um, often those excerpts from new books are published on Scribd, and when I went to have my Scribd account, it was like the books that I was looking at to read were all mixed up with any previous document I had yeah, ever read. It was wonky there on Scribd, for a while. and I don't know if they've worked that out. Oyster won my heart by being first to market, so. Um, I haven't looked, but 80 million, it, they've got to be talking about. That's visitors. That, yeah. Because if, if that were and, subscribers, that's $800 million a month almost. And, I mean, uh, that's, that's well, more, and the, that would be bigger than the whole publishing industry. Right. It was and just the, $5 billion revenue a year the, for them. Right. And the last time we saw any numbers yeah. were from, I think, from Oyster tens at the six-month mark. And they had like tens of thousands yeah. of users at the six-month mark. And now they're at like a year and a quarter. And we, we haven't seen numbers yet, but... Even if Scribd is winning, and I have no idea if they are, they're not. No. They don't have 80 million subscribers. What's interesting is that neither Oyster nor Scribd seem sufficiently proud of their subscriber number to say To it. talk about it. That's the I only did, data point I'm taking from all There that. is a development. Like, I got an email from Oyster this week about how they're going to announce, they're going to make a big announcement next week about another yeah. publisher that's coming on board, but that is the details of that are embargoed until the 13th. So if you're listening to this, you can go poking around on the 13th to see um, what that announcement is. They're all, why, why, why? why? Just give me the day before. This is making sense. It's the internet. Like that, I mean, this is a total inside baseball, but embargoing news on the internet is just silly. Yeah, it is silly. Um, Uh, There's something else I was going to say about this. 22 million. So here's a question. Um, the, the last – I haven't looked at Oyster in a while, though. I think I'm going to fire it up again for the spring and summer. Uh, it's fairly full-featured. Where, where are they going to throw 22 – what are they trying to do that they can't well, do now? That's one thing I'm interested so, in. So, yeah, that's a good question is out of this $22 million for Scribd, how much of it goes to the subscription service and how much of it goes to everything else? Like, Yeah, right. The rest of the Scribd's enterprise, yeah. Right. Because it's not like when I use Oyster, at least, I'm not like, yeah, if only they had X, Y, and Z. I mean, I guess there's a couple of things, but who knows? When, I don't know enough about development costs. I shouldn't say, but yeah. one thing that is, what does the future iteration look like? What are they, what on the inside of Scribd and Oyster saying, ah, if we only had when, 10 million more dollars, well, we I could guess, do this. I guess, you know, as they add titles, there's development costs just in getting those yeah, titles. Yeah, database things. And I formatted guess, uh, and put in and like, 
Oyster's got the all the editorial front end, so some of the money is going to paying their editors to put things together in recommended okay, lists. Okay, what are you going to do with the other twenty one million? Right, anyway, I assume. Yeah. yeah, I assume Scribd is doing some of the same things. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm interested in how much of this twenty two million is going to and, the subscription, and know. what percentage of their user base are mm-hmm. subscription customers. Well, as they get bigger, they probably have to do more publisher relations and sales and marketing and you know big boy, oh, yeah. Here's big boy a, stuff. A veiled thing. Um, CEO Trip Adler told TechCrunch that Scribd reaches, uh, okay, so it, it says more than 80 million unique visitors each month. And so they took that 80 million unique visitors and turned it into that quote about 80 million users that's, that's, in nearly that every some, country. That is that's what we call some fuzzy ha- math. That's some hand waving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also didn't specify how many of those visitors are actually paying subscribers. Mm-hmm. But he did say that subscriptions have been growing an average of 31% each month since the service was unveiled in October of 2013. So that's early, fast growth. Early is it adopter. that fast? 31%? That seems... It's average. That seems see that? Watch out. Watch out. Because uh, if it There's tripled, a lot of hand-waving if it in this tripled from, If it went... Because we can do this math with our own numbers, right? Like right. our own... Like, like so we're 31 up 30 times is, in three years. Well, okay. Yeah. One, well, that's when right, you start from zero. Right, right. An average of 31% each month is tripling every three months. Right. Well, it depends on how they're averaging it. Because say they went from a thousand to ten thousand the first month. Yeah. And so then basically, you go from ten to twenty ever since then. You could still say we average thirty-one percent. It, it just depends on how. They're so basically, we know nothing. Yeah, I think until we get an actual, this is how many paying subscribers we have right now. The, what I'm hearing is we're not happy with the number. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's just how I am. Maybe well, that's yeah, unfair. You, I think if you're excited about your number, yeah. you start talking about your number. Right. Um, the exception to that has been historically Amazon Kindle sales, especially in the early days when they're selling a jillion of them and they just, they don't, they don't break it out for reasons I don't fully understand. But anyway, um, okay. So that's one. Let's see. Where else do you want to go? We kind of did this. Murakami's advice column? Yeah, there we go. We did, there's a print book sales row 2%. We kind of talked about that already, that books are not as, they're not off life supported, maybe even walking around with a walker a little bit. Um, Yeah, okay. So Haruki Murakami is going to write an advice column called. uh, Mr. Murakami's Place. I can't believe that's what it's called. Maybe it's, that's not, that's the English translation of what the Japanese um, uh, title will be. Going to be uh, on webs on his own website, so it's not for a newspaper or anything else like that. It's going to be on his own website, and he's going to take reader questions and then respond yeah. to them, offering his opinions and advice on how to tackle all manner of difficulties. He'll receive questions of any kind. It says. He'll answer fan questions on his likes and dislikes, including cats, favorite animals of his, (laughs) the Yakult Swallows, his baseball team he supports. I'm sure this was about jazz and also falling into different worlds when you're accidentally walking down the street. And presumably running. Like, yeah. If you had, if you had no, asked me, are you going to ask him a question about running? He wrote a whole book about that. If, maybe he's, but, you know, I kind of covered running. But, r- but you know, once you position, maybe he will choose not to answer those. But once you position yourself as a person who's like interested in slash expert yeah, on something, right. people want to ask you about that. So probably they will. If you had told me that. A famous novelist this is, is what going put, to This is what I said in Critical Linking today. Doing, oh, is it? I said that he'd be like number 739 on my yeah, guest list. I would never have guessed. Doesn't seem like it, his deal. I mean, he's an interesting guy. I mean, I'm sure he's, he's very, smart He's smart and And like introspective in, you know. and thoughtful. 
I think you'll get great answers. I someone should like submit the same question to Murakami and to Cheryl Strayed's new Dear oh, Sugar podcast, mm. and then compare the answers. That's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed Murakami <laughs> though. I'll be fast. The website you are here's an interesting. Again, I don't know how public relations work. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. There was a press release about this, but the URL for the website and the email address for questions are not yet available. This is a like, stay tuned. I, it's I don't, coming. I, I don't get it. This I wonder also why feels like, he's doing this. Why would you do this? Maybe he just decided it would be interesting. He just wants to do it? I mean, the, the, the other thing that's hard to rec- – even in the U.S. where he's a big deal in the book world, in Japan – Huge deal. It's just, it's very difficult. I don't, we don't have an equivalent. For this, an he's like rock star yeah, status. Yeah, like rock star, guru, sort of, kind of like a beetle kind of situation mm-hmm. um, in that and way. And he's 65, which I never remember. Yes. So he's got a lot of life experience, lot of life experience. and presumably wisdom he, to share. He started out, you know, he ran a jazz club in the earlier iteration of his life and all interesting the interesting guy. Interesting guy. So, it's an interesting prospect, but just in terms of like, yeah, here, Jeff, uh, a big name author, like Nobel contender every year level author is going to start a, uh, an advice column. Who you got? And I, well, now I'm just going to start dreaming about Marilyn Robinson's advice uh, column. Did we just finish the bingo? I think that we just I finished think we the, might bingo. Have. the bingo. The uh, bingo. That wouldn't have been one. Um, so the, stay tuned for that. I guess once this That's, is live, we're, we'll have to take a look at a few of the questions. Yeah, and answers I'm definitely going to be there. following that. Just so this is totally unexpected. And I guess that makes me really excited for yeah. it that an author who's huge and has a huge following, like, doesn't have he doesn't have to write an advice column. He doesn't yeah. need any more exposure. This seems to be driven by his interest in doing it. Like he woke up one morning and was like, you know, I think it would be interesting to interact I with my readers so. in this way. So I'm going to do so. this. Like, I guess though, if you would have said, uh, "What author is going to do something you wouldn't expect?" Mm-hmm. Now Murakami climbs the charts a little bit there. Yes. So and and maybe in that way it, it shouldn't be we shouldn't be surprised that we're surprised. I don't know if that works. Can you do that? I'm not sure if you can say things like that. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, anymore. yeah. Um we let's get to new books. We're running long here. Yeah, we get, so, you got, we've got good books to talk about. So too. many good books. This was the first like giant yeah. new release day of the year and I had to do a lot of narrowing down. Mm. For new books, which is a great problem to have, but like, and we've talked about how like January has become a time for releasing. Again, I haven't been following it for great that long, books. but it does seem like this first week in January is it's whatever huge. pent up, whatever pent up uh, like, titles there are from basically mid November uh-huh. on. Sort of, this is the first uh, time to get them out. Yeah, and like Edelweiss is the cataloging mm-hmm. service I use to keep track of all of these. Which is open makes, to the public, right? Yeah, it is open so to the public. So Edel, it's, it's um, abovethetreeline.com. Yeah, edelweiss.abovethetreeline.com. You set up a free account and you can search for, you can search in all kinds of ways, mm-hmm. but I search usually by release month because that's how I'm looking at things. And you can narrow it down by format, by publisher, by genre. You can search for books that take place in certain locations. So stuff like, that's coming out mostly, I should say, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Usually catalogs. it's forward-looking stuff, but you could be like, you know, I live in like central Kansas and mm-hmm. I want to pick a new book that takes place in central Kansas for my book club. Like if there is a new book that takes place in central Kansas, Edelweiss will help you find that. Um, Good place just, to get to lose a couple hours because oh, we, we find yeah. out about stuff just randomly browsing there all the time. All the time. All yeah, the time. I usually I do, you know, sort of regular dives into like what's coming out in March, yeah. what's coming out in April. And there's always something that I'm interested in that... 
has not crossed my desk, hasn't shown up in the mail that I didn't get an email pitch for, and that somehow magically no one in my Twitter feed has talked yeah. about. There's always something to be I think the, the new Morrison was discovered first that way. Someone's like, wait, <laughs> there's a new Morrison book and no one's talked about it. Yeah, that was like we saw people sort of talking on Twitter yeah. about she turned it in, and then all of a sudden the digital galleys were available yeah. for, yeah, anyway. for reviewers there. Sorry. So anyway, Edelweiss, it's great. And I tag things by release date, and then Edelweiss... Um, shows you your tags and the size of the tag font indicates how many books you've tagged mm -hmm. there. So my January 6th tag is like huge mm. in that word cloud. So anyway, <laughs> maybe Edelweiss should sponsor this Yeah, show. seriously, right? <laughs> um, Almost Famous Women by Megan Mayhew Bergman, which I talked about briefly at the top of the show. And I think in our 2015 preview, it's um, her second collection of short stories. She is one of my favorite writers and is also a friend. So disclaimer, disclaimer, mm -hmm. but she's awesome. Um, each story in the collection is about a real woman whose life was spent adjacent to fame somehow, but who never quite became famous herself or was really in the spotlight. So there's one about um, Lord Byron's illegitimate daughter and the woman who basically raises her at the convent orphanage type place where she's sent to grow up. Uh, there's one about one of Edna St. Vincent Millay's sisters. There's one about a, a set of sisters who are conjoined twins who used to be performers, and Megan imagines them now sort of finishing out their lives, working as baggers at a small town grocery store and living in a trailer together and reflecting on mm. their life of previous fame. It's so interesting. Like, I, I don't think I've Googled things from a book more than I have Googled stuff <laughs> from almost famous women in a while. Like these, cause these are all real women. They're all, but, yeah, true-ish based on true yeah, stories. Yeah, but Megan took, you know, took what she could find in the history about their lives and then imagined what would have happened after or imagined what, you know, intimate personal moments would have been like that never would have made it to light. I thought it was really fascinating and just a cool idea for a collection of short stories. Um, and she's on a huge book tour right now and the internet is, you know, loudly praising the collection. So I don't think we're alone there. No, that's great. I really in recommending it. it. It's awesome. Uh, Half Resurrection Blues by Daniel Jose Older is also out this week. Um, his collection of short stories, Salsa Nocturna, came out in 2012. And the main character of that collection, it's sort of their linked stories, um, is Carlos Dela Cruz, who is half dead. Um, he died and then was half resurrected. He doesn't remember most of how he died, but so now he's half dead and he works for the New York Council of the Dead. So we're talking about speculative fiction. Um, in the collection of stories, it's his job to like go around and stop dead people and mm. entities and like supernatural beings from doing stuff that the council of the dead doesn't like. He's just, he's kind of a hired gun in that way. Half resurrection blues is a full novel that serves as a prequel to that. So we see him, we see Dela Cruz wandering New York, feeling like he's the only half dead in betweener type being, but it, he it bumps into other ones. Um, half dead in New York is what I like to call it. Monday mornings. That's <laughs> no, too easy. Uh, yeah. It's not on, Jeff, I loved the I love the voice of Older's writing and the he's an interesting there's this, guy. There's this like great he is interesting. It was an EMT yeah. for like ten years in New York. Yeah, very yeah. interesting. Um, there's just this sort of like swagger. There's pop culture references to it. I had I really loved spending time with these characters, and I hadn't read anything that was quite like 
Um, I guess technically you might call it urban fantasy, right? Or, it's not a genre yeah, I, I know think, a lot about, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, I think that it would be the technical. And Half Resurrection Blues is new out in mass market paperback. And it's the first in his rumba. I think it's called Rumba Street. Mm. Um, hang on. It's on my desk. Bone Street Rumba novels. Um, so there's going to be more mm. about this character and this world it's that like eight, it's, it's a ma- Is it a tr- mass market paper? It's like yeah. it's like It's like a seven ninety nine mass yeah, market seven paperback. Bucks, yeah. yeah, and it's great. Um if you're at all interested in what I've just talked about, I would say go, you know, yeah, forthwith. Yeah, forthwith, plunk down the 7.99 or get it from your library. I just thought it was a ton of fun. Um, in paperback this week, All Our Names by Dina Mengistu, uh, who won a MacArthur Genius Grant in the last couple of years for his writing. It's this. I just read this novel oh, over the it's break. Good. Oh, it's so good. The first, and now did you read the first one? We, what's the How to Breathe the Air? I no. can't remember the name of it. And now I'm just mad at you for not recommending nah. it to me. <laughs> um, the narrative alters between or goes back and forth between two characters one uh, is a young man who goes to the capital city of uganda to be at the university but not as a student um during the time that a revolution is beginning and he's telling the story about this young man named isaac that he met who became really involved in the revolution the other narrator is a woman named helen who lives in a small town in the midwest is a social worker and um, farther in the future from the first storyline, a man named Isaac is delivered to her as one of her charges as a social worker to help him get set up in his new life. And they begin a love affair. Um, and through the two narratives, we start to understand who Isaac is and uh, what was going on with this revolution, with these students, us mercenary kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's a big surprise in the narrative, mm-hmm. like halfway through. Uh, man, it was so good. That's good. He's really good. Really and good. I think my favorite memoir of last year, A Few Seconds of Radiant Film Strip by Kevin Brockmeyer. Um, that's out in paperback this week as well. It's the memoir of Brockmeyer's seventh grade year. Um, he, but he wrote it in third person, which is uh, one of the things that made the book so interesting to me that instead of it being about what I experienced in seventh grade and all the horrors of adolescence, but the humor and the humility, it's about what this character named Kevin experienced. And that shift in narration, at least for me, made it easier to think about the experience of adolescence, my own experiences of seventh grade, and get that sort of narrative and critical distance from it that you don't often get in first person memoir type stuff. It's just beautifully written. Brockmeyer is a great, I think, underrated yeah. writer. People who know and have read Brockmeyer are Brockmeyer zealots. But yeah. beyond that, it's it's not. And what was the big novel? The well, Illumination. The Illumination, yeah. Man, that's such a good book. A couple years ago, right? Yeah, people, yeah. all of a sudden, this thing happens in the world yeah. where people's wounds emit light. And so, like, physical wounds emit light, but also if you have a headache, your head sort of, like, pulses with light. And so all of a sudden the ways in which... We need a word for those kinds of books where suddenly something unusual just happens everywhere, kind of like with a leftover, you know, or something like that. Yeah, like it's like a big global phenomenon. You're under the dome or, like, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. But it's because it's not like zombies or something. It's like suddenly there's this new characteristic in the world and people are dealing with it. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's speculative fiction in a really broad... We can, we can argue about sense. this again. Um, yeah, no one wants our three-hour argument about <laughs> speculative fiction. Our coworkers have still not recovered yeah, from they, that. Yeah, they really have um, But yeah, if you haven't read Brockmeyer, please do. Mm-hmm. So good. 
Those are the new books this week. Dion McGuinness' uh, debut novel was How to Read the Air. And the reason ah. you never heard me talk about it is because it came out in 2010, sort of before I knew you that well. So but that's you read all our names. Yeah, I did. I, I don't know. I didn't talk about it. What do you want me to say? A catalog of ways in which you failed me. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, there's not enough paper in the world. <laughs> That's our show, That's Jeff. our show. That's our show this week. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can shoot us an email, podcast at bookriot.com. You've got a follow-up or a comment or a question for us. Uh, we're on Twitter. I'm at the Jeff O'Neill, O-N-E-A-L. She's at just regular Rebecca Shinsky, <laughs> not the Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. There's already show notes, only one. Show notes, bookriot.com slash podcast. And uh, that's our show. We'll be back next week. Yeah, you can shoot us an email. I said that. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, you can still do it. I mean, you can say it twice. Not a problem. <laughs> Man, coffee. Let's yeah, just go let's, have let's coffee go. now. Yeah, let's go warm up. Have a good week. <laughs>